All right, everybody, welcome back to the Renowned Leadership Podcast, where we bring you insights and conversations with top experts in leadership business, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Whether you're a new or seasoned leader, we're here to help you achieve your goals and reach your full potential. Now, before we get started, I want to bring you to uh, one of our latest resources. If you're a uh, retiring from the military and stepping into the corporate world, we have a resource that helps you prepare to start your new corporate career and make the transition smoother. Our specially designed checklist for military veterans is available for download on our website, renownedleadership.com. So make sure you take advantage of this tool to ensure your sex successful transition into your new role. In addition, we're also really excited to announce our partnership with the Career Winners Circle or CWC. They have a roster of top-notch executive coaches and an amazing pool of resources for their clients. To learn more about CWC and how they can help you on your leadership journey, visit their website, careerwinnercircle.com. And if you're ready to take your uh, leadership to the next level, take the next step in your journey, schedule a complimentary coaching consultation with us or me uh, at renownedleadership.com. We're here to help you achieve your goals and take your leadership to the next level. So welcome back everybody to the journey of the workplace hero from average employee to outstanding performer. This is a 10 episode podcast series that is specifically designed to just help you take your career to the next level and become a hero of your workplace. If you're ready to break away from the crowd and become a standout performer in your workplace, this series is 100% for you. With topics ranging from leadership and communication to time management, and far beyond that, our expert, our expert guests will share their insights and expertise to guide you on your journey to becoming a workplace hero. So get ready to unleash your full potential and transform into the workplace hero your workplace needs. With all that being said, everybody, I am so excited to uh, bring you guys this, this uh, our next guest this week. And she is a, a really special treat for you guys. Um, she's a good friend of mine. She's a board certified uh, physician and a uh, clinical psychologist as well. Um, and she's here to talk to us for the next three weeks. Actually, uh, we're going to be talking about anxiety, stress, depression uh, in your personal life and in the workplace as leaders and employees. And we're going to be going over tips and tricks um, on how to uh, diffuse these things in our lives and um, how to identify when it's becoming a, a, a problem. So uh, I really hope you guys are gonna enjoy and get a lot out of this conversation uh, with Dr. Christy Walter. Uh, she has a amazing program called, uh, you can check out her website, it's doggonedepression.com. And, and she has an amazing program where she teaches you to deal with anxiety. Um, and it's all online-based learning. Uh, and, and she's getting results in months rather than years uh, of the traditional therapy. 
So if you guys are struggling or you know someone that's struggling, I highly recommend you go to doggonedepression.com. Check out her website and her program and get yourself or the people in your loved ones, the people in your life, uh, get them the help that they need and uh, get them introduced to this really interactive and amazing program that Dr. Christie has created. So without further ado, we're gonna go ahead and jump into our topic for the day, which is anxiety. I give you Dr. Christy Walter, and so here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Renowned Leadership Podcast. My name is Stephen Morris, and I'm your host. And again, this week, we are joined by the amazing Dr. Christy. Dr. Christy, how are you doing today? Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm fantastic. excited. Thank you for having me back. Of course. And today, we're going to be talking about navigating stress, um, especially as a leader, um, understanding it and managing the pressure that comes with your job because let's be honest and i know you know this because um if you haven't listened to our last episode dr christie talked a little bit about her, her professional experience where you are a clinical physician in the er a trauma right. doctor trauma do yeah so emergency medicine doctor right. emergency medicine doctor so i don't get any more stressful than that right because people's lives depend on you uh, not making mistakes. So, I mean, that that's that's about as, as stressful of a job as it can get. Maybe a brain surgeon? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much further you got to go down that rabbit hole before you find something more stressful. But um, I definitely understand high-stress positions. I experienced them um, as a soldier, uh, leading soldiers, uh, especially in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, that's pretty stressful in itself. Um, so I, I guess my first question, Dr. Christie really has to be is what happens to you physically when your body starts experiencing, um, stress, um, both short-term and long-term what, what's your body going to go through? Let's, let's start with short-term first. That's a good question. And before we answer that, I'm going to just back up a half a second and, and talk about just stress in general. What is it? There's two types of stress, eustress, EU stress, and distress. So eustress is basically good stress. Even positive things can be stressful, you know, moving, getting married, um, a promotion. Uh, although positive uh, um, events, they can be stressful. Distress is an event or situation that tends to have negative consequences um, distressing consequences, if you would. So both good and bad stress can have an impact on the body. So in terms of what, what does happen to the body, we talked a little bit about this last time is, um, your body kicks into a, a stress response, our hypothalamus and our brain and pituitary in our brain and our adrenal system, which our adrenals sit on top of our kidneys, they get activated. Um, you have the release of uh, hormones and uh, at the level of the adrenals, you get the release of norepinephrine, epinephrine, which is uh, uh, to gear you up to run from the tiger. Uh, it causes the heart rate to go up. It causes the respiratory rate to go up. It, uh, it shunts blood to your muscles. It, it, uh, it prepares you for action. And uh, in the short run, um, 
you know, it helps you to move. It helps you to do what you have to do to deal with the situation. In the long run, though, chronic exposure to stress eventually depletes the adrenals, not necessarily to the point where you have a clinical deficiency where a lab value is abnormal, but relatively speaking, for example, cortisol levels will go up and up and up, and then they become depleted. It becomes depleted relatively. And cortisol is important. It helps regulate blood sugar. It helps with vascular tone. So it helps regulate blood pressure. Um, uh, it helps prevent inflammation. So over a long period of time, when you have relative depletion of cortisol, you get what's called adrenal fatigue. You'll start experiencing like brain fog. It's hard to concentrate. Uh, you feel tired all the time. Um, you'd be prone to respiratory infections and autoimmune disorders. You'll see people with chronic uh, chronic pain like fibromyalgia develop, um, uh, increased risk of heart disease, uh, increased risk of uh, a diabetic or blood sugar problems, problems regulating um, your fluid balance. And so the electrolytes can get affected. So it can have a deleterious effect uh, over the long term if there's not periods of time where your body can restore, the adrenal system needs to restore itself in order to function optimally. Um, if you think about being in Africa and you watch a gazelle being chased by a predator, you know, the whole group will run. And if you're lucky, you're not one of the ones that get, get eaten. But when they stop, they shake, they're kind of shaking it off and they need a period of time where their system can reset um, so that if they get chased again, they can ramp up and run away again. It's the same thing with us. We need time to reset so that our adrenal system can um, reset, reset itself. Hmm. And so literally being exposed to stress over and over, uh, I think you called it a chronic stress environment or exposure mm -hmm. sure. um that that can lead to some pretty serious health problems down the road if you continue it without without a break so my next question then is so like we said you're an er doctor it's hard to get more stressful than that mm -hmm. so how do you find a way to manage and mitigate that stress so that you are getting that constant, all right, so now, um, you know, I, I go let my body reset during this time, then it's back to work. How, how do you find time to do that? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously in the moment, it's not easy. Um, my shifts are 12 hours long. And, uh, you know, sometimes there isn't a break. So what happens in and around my work is important. Um, when I come home from work, if, especially if I haven't had a minute to breathe while at work, when I come home from work, I intentionally do something that's restorative, whether it be take a bath or listen to soft music, uh, something that's not stimulating, um, or I'll pull out my art and I'll start doing my art, um, do some deep breathing, uh, something to kind of dampen down that stress response to slow things down. But equally important is to build into your schedule on a weekly basis, at least once a week, if not more, downtime. So you don't take your day off and run a bunch of errands and call that downtime or a day off. 
you literally need to intentionally have downtime where there's no demands. You're not trying to uh, catch up on something. You're not running errands. You're not, you know, being super mom or super dad or, you know, running in a million different directions because then you never get a chance to reset. You So you need downtime and it, it has to be scheduled. Otherwise it'll get, get pushed aside. And that's something I was really bad at doing because um, I'm an equestrian and I, I like riding horses. And so on my days off, I'd be working at the barn, you know, doing stuff with the horses. And although it was fun, it was still not restorative. I didn't build into my schedule restorative time. Um, so over time, um, I began having more and more physical ailments, physical problems, and worsening depression, worsening anxiety, because I never was able to reset my my adrenal system. So everything gets gets out of whack. Your you know cortisol levels, like I mentioned, your aldosterone levels, which helps with fluid management. Um, it's a secondary source of of uh, sex hormones as well. So you find problems with uh, libido and energy and. I mean, it's global. It's a global problem. So you, you need restorative time and, and I'm guilty or have been guilty of not taking it, but I, I guarantee you, I do it now. And it's crazy because, um, I enjoy my work now. There was a period of time when I was so depleted that I hated going to work. I hated it. I hated every second of it. I felt anxious going because I knew it was going to be a long, grueling day. I was exhausted coming home because it was a long, grueling day. And I never felt rested. I was tired all the time, irritable, um, until I shifted and pivoted and started taking, you know, the advice that I'm teaching other people, doing it on myself. It's so it's it's interesting you say that because I I laughed because it's like you're speaking directly to me. And you know me, Dr. Christie. I, I love to work. I love I love my work. I love my company. And I, I just love I love to work. It's it's in my nature, um, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's not just that I love it. Um, I'm one of those people. I feel extremely guilty taking a break. Um, because I feel like there's always one more thing I should do. And when I take a break, it's like, I just feel so guilty. And so... You're speaking of the choir. <laughs> right? right? So, I mean, how do we... How do we get over that? Like, it, obviously, that's some sort of lie, right? Because there's no reason to feel guilty for taking rest because taking rest is so important. I actually just wrote a blog post on the importance of taking rest. And I, I had a mentor call me literally after that that got released and was like, um, when are you going to start taking your own advice? And it's like, that wasn't for me. That was for other people. <laughs> But but uh, yeah, I, uh, that's just how much of a hypocrite I am, I guess. You know, God recognized that as humans, we need restorative time. So he built the Sabbath into uh, into our week. Um, it, it's, it should be honored as a, a day of rest, literally, from, from labor. It should, it should be a priority. Like, it needs to be a priority, like you said, because if I don't set especially you know working from home like it's amazing it's awesome however it comes with you know its challenges because my my office is literally 10 feet away and so you know oh i forgot to send that email i can just run back in my office and send that email real quick but the problem is 
that that it, that sending one email turns into rebuilding my website, mm-hmm. which turns into twelve hours of working when I was supposed to just spend ten minutes of working. And then before I know it, my wife's coming in and asking me if I'm coming to eat dinner because it's time for dinner. And this is actually a true story. This happened um, a few months ago. And that was my day off. I wasn't supposed to work that day. I actually had other stuff planned and I didn't even cancel it because I didn't realize I was creeping into its time. And so, I mean, I just blew off all other plans and it's all, but it all goes back to just, I've like, I forgot to do something and I felt guilty for not doing it. So I came in to do it. And then that led to another thing. Like we talked about, I have ADHD and that led to squirrels and I chased the squirrels and I ended up spending all day doing it. How do we get past that guilt? Um, I'm sure you, especially you being a doctor, I'm sure you feel that guilt. Um, how do you get past that? So there's a couple of things. I want to address the fact that you need to be intentional about it and and not and prioritize downtime. You need to intentionally put it in your schedule and prioritize it. So if you had an appointment, say, you know, with a, a meeting with someone, that would be a priority. You would meet with that person regardless of what other things needed to be done. So you need to meet with yourself. And <laughs> it, it needs to be a priority in your life. Because if you don't schedule it and you're not intentional about it, just what you describe will happen. It'll get filled with something else. The next thing you know, the day is gone and you haven't re- recharged. So right. there's an intentionality behind it. And then how do you get rid of the guilt? You do it anyway. Feel the guilt. Okay, so you feel guilty about it. Then you ask yourself, do I want to partner with guilt? Do I want to partner with guilt or do I want to partner with restoration and, and wellness? You can partner with guilt all, all, all you want. Is it benefiting you or anyone else? Probably not. So you need to fire guilt, basically. So it's a choice. It's a choice. It, it, the, the fact that I feel guilty is my choice is what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and I know people will say, oh, but you don't understand my husband this or my wife that or my kids this. Um, it's your responsibility to set boundaries with people. Mm-hmm. And they may not like it. And that's okay. Their opinion mm. of you is none of your business. <laughs> Dr. Christie dropping some hard truth on us. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> because she's I calling me out. I guarantee if you don't build it into your world, something physical, emotional will take you down. Your body can't go on indefinitely you'll get sick i've seen it i've experienced it um i've seen it time and time and time again yeah and that's that's really interesting and so i i want to ask this question which really is kind of off topic but you're so amazing i know you'll humor me um one of the things one of the studies this was this is really old and the research has probably changed because research changes more often than than a baby's diaper um but back in the day they used to talk about how career soldiers um our life expectancy my life expectancy is significantly lower than um the general population and they've identified it's because of stress um and what they were saying is that my body became so immune to being in a constant state of what you were talking about that fight or flight because every day 
literally every day in the military is stressful. And I, I'm convinced they do it on purpose, but that's besides the point. Um, every day is stressful, whether you're in combat or not. And that stress gets so in, ingrained into our life and our lifestyle that once we retire and take that away, it, it acts as a detriment to our life. Um, what, what, what would you say to that? And, and uh, how, do you, are you aware of that study or are you aware of studies that counter contradict that or go against it? So I'm not familiar with that particular study, but I can address the phenomenon. Um, I know as a physician, I've experienced that myself kind of in that heightened state of stress on a you know, daily basis uh, at work anyway, where um, it became normal to feel abnormal, right. normal to be in that heightened state of fight or flight all the time. So much so that I would kind of argue it's almost like an addiction because then when I would be off work, I would be bored out of my mind because I wasn't getting that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, doctors also have a decreased life expectancy, probably largely as a result of, of the stress and that the chronic stressors kicking in that fight or flight response on an ongoing basis. So um, you habituated to it in the sense that it became normal to feel that way, but it's not normal to be in that state all the time. Hmm. Right. So again, it comes back to just choosing to manage it. Um, to the best that you can because I know as a doctor like you know you can't choose when you're you know you know saving someone's life basically um, or not so it's like okay so this is my downtime that the the hospital has given me I have to be very intentional and very purposeful with how I use that time and, and that's what's going to mitigate the, those effects basically to to an extent, I'm sure it, I, I'm sure it still does some sort of permanent or not permanent, but long lasting damage to you over time. Um, ultimately, still de decreasing your life expectancy. That's just part of the, the nature of the job, I guess. But I mean, when when you get that intentionality with it, it's going to help you uh, drastically in the long term. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I've learned to say no. Um, you know, there's always more shifts to be worked, and I, you know, I work as a locums doctor now. I'm not affiliated with any one particular hospital. So I travel in where there's need um, mm -hmm. and there's always need, but I've set a cap on how many shifts a month I'll work and I stick to it. So that, that kind of leads me to my next, to my next thing then, um, because right now we're talking about stress in, in the workplace, right? What about interpersonal stress? Um, stress you put on yourself or stress that comes from family members um is that a different type of stress and like does it as in does it does it affect you in a different way um or is it is stress stress and it affects you all the same way no matter where it comes from yeah stress is stress it has the same you have the same physiologic uh, response to it whether it be uh, interpersonal or work-related or driving in traffic, like you mentioned last time, um, it, it activates that same response. Okay, so now would dealing with it then would, you know, um, say there there's something 
uh, going on, uh, you know, with my kids, um, the stress of me out would, would managing that stress, uh, be the same as managing the stress from work. So again, it's about intentionality and choice, you know, work stress, you can only do so much on the job. You try and take your little breaks where you can regroup and you set your day during the week where you can, you know, rejuvenate, um, Sometimes interpersonal stress has a lot to do with boundaries and expectations. And Mm. I know personally, I've struggled with allowing people to walk all over me because I'm nice and I don't want to offend anybody. Or You are. You're the nicest person in the world. So you are the nicest (laughs) person. But there comes a time when you have to set boundaries it's not only good for you it's good for the people you're interacting with it, it, it does nobody any favors to bend to a demand when you don't want to because that just builds resentment and other problems you know mm-hmm. um and setting boundaries you know no is a complete sentence you don't have to justify it you don't need the other person's buy-in i've never thought of it that way that's that's very true you do not. You don't need to justify it or, you know, try and get them to agree with you. No is no. And that's a boundary. And you're entitled to, to have boundaries with your kids, Absolutely. with your spouse, with your friends. Even with your work. With your work, with yourself, you know, I think. Ooh, yourself. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, like you were just describing, getting uh, squirreled away and doing work on your day off and and the whole day went away. I mean, that's a boundary problem with yourself. You know, you let yourself steamroll you out of having some restorative time. I said talk about that, not include me. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you're absolutely right. And that is something I've, I've identified, like, I really need to work on is setting boundaries, not just in my personal life, but in my professional life. Um, because I'm a, contrary to popular belief, I am a people pleaser. I, I love to, to make my clients happy. And so when they, when they need me, I, I jump. And that, that's kind of a problem, especially, you know, in my relationship with my wife, because um, she wants my time as well. So. And you're communicating that it's, okay to have your time mm-hmm. when it's you know you're not being clear right so i want to transition a little bit dr christie because we are quickly running out of time on this episode so i want to talk about um some managing management techs and techniques for stress and i know personally one of my big ones is exercise um and one of the things, especially in my, my coaching program and when I'm working with my clients, um, it's what one of the big things I like to focus on is physical shape, especially physical endurance. Um, because, you know, one, I believe leaders should be fit regardless because it, it's that, that, that communicates to people, even though we don't realize it, it, it communicates to people. Um, but there is also, you know, physical uh, resilience, maybe, if you will, to stress and anxiety that comes from being being physically fit. Um, at least I feel like there is. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Oh, I think exercise is crucial. Exercise has been shown to be as effective to manage anxiety and depression as taking a, a, a pharmaceutical um, prescription. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. That's insane. Yeah. And are, are you talking about like intense exercise or just getting out and going for, for a 10, 15 minute jog? Yeah, it doesn't have to be intense. It's just a matter of moving, getting the oxygen flowing, getting the muscles moving, you know, getting the, the breathing going. Uh, it doesn't have to be intense. Uh, in fact, if all you could do is eight minutes, then so be it, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. And the big thing for me is it's a good, easy way to get a sense of accomplishment about my day. Because, you know, I know I can run for 10 minutes, like, so I'm going to go run for 10 minutes, you know, and then good, I won something. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, we laugh about it, but that's very, at least for me, that's very important. And that's like, you know, um, I'm sure, I'll, I don't know, a, a very popular uh, keynote speech given by uh, Admiral uh, William McRaven. Um, at Texas uh, University uh, graduation, he talks about making, you know, if you want to change make the world, bed. make your bed. Yeah. Right. And that's a hundred percent real. That's a hundred percent true. What he talks about. That's one of the reasons we are, we are taught to make our beds every single day. And it absolutely works getting up, just making your bed that starts your day off succeeding at something, um, which again, I find is key to, creating that menta mental space i guess if you would that makes me more resilient to stress and anxiety throughout my work day yeah exercise is crucial it's it's one of the uh things i encourage in my program in addition right. to uh what we talked about last week you know staying hydrated and the nutrition and the sleep exercise is is in that uh importance level as well now one of the things i experienced in the military and i not so much in the civilian world um and i don't know if it's because i learned how to manage it um or i just don't have that level of stress in my life anymore is not being able to shut off or shut down um and i'm sure i'm sure you've experienced this being an er doctor of where you get so ramped up um, on what's going on at work, even when you get home, even the next day, you can't, you just can't shut down. Have you ever experienced that? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, you rehearse uh, all the cases that, you know, you saw during the day and go to sleep thinking about it, dream about it. Um, yeah, that's, that's why you need to pick and exercise of some sort, whether it be literally physical um, or some, some type of, uh, you know, meditative practice um, to retrain your brain because your brain is just, it's gotten used to firing in this, you know, high gear state all the time. So you need to have checks and balances to help it have permission to slow down. Right. And so, and, and I'm right there with you. Like you, you get home, you, you, you're still thinking about it. You go to bed, you dream about it. You wake up, you're still thinking about it because you dreamt, dreamt about it all night and you just can't escape. And it, ultimately when that happens to me, I feel like I didn't sleep a, a, you know, 10 minutes mm -hmm. and it's literally almost physically painful at that point to just 
you know, like, oh, stop. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest problems as, you know, leaders of, of companies are going to face is like that they, they can't shut their brain down from the problems that they're facing on the job. And it's just, you know, like you said, you got to practice some sort of mindfulness technique, get some physical exercise, practice something that allows you to de-stress and, and just get your brain to stop focusing on the problems at work yeah. and allow yourself to relax. I think you hit a key word there and that is focus. You have to intentionally shift the focus. Right. And that's where doing like where I might engage in that brain dump exercise that I mentioned last time where I dump out all the stuff that's going on in my head that I can't stop thinking about. I give myself two minutes to in indulge and then I pivot and I mm -hmm. shift gears and I intentionally move in a different direction, you know, and, and it may involve exercise. It may involve for me, artwork. It may involve calling a friend, um, something that's unrelated to work. Right. So uh, then my next question that, that kind of leads into my next question then is, is one of the things I've found in myself is uh, I have to keep a very detailed calendar and the reason I, I've learned I, I need to do that is because if I feel like I'm losing track of time, then I feel that that's when I really start to feel stressed out. Like, oh, you know, I'm not getting done. I'm not accomplishing my goals or whatever the case may be. When it's not true, I, I've just lost track of my time. So I, I've learned that I need to manage my time very strictly and very uh in, intentionally in order to keep from feeling that stress is that a pretty common thing you think or is that unique to me i have a question for you um what does it mean if you don't get everything done it means the world <laughs> my world was literally going to collapse around me if i don't no i'm i'm being facetious um but that's how i feel i feel like um, I've not been productive and that, that just kind of leads back towards the guilt thing, which you've already told me is my decision to feel that way. Um, so, so, um, so maybe this is a belief system that you hold that you need to, uh, uh, rise to a certain level of accomplishment in order to be okay. I would agree with that. Yes. And I would propose that you are 100% okay just being, whether you do another ounce of work in your life or not. <laughs> I might be okay, but my business won't be okay. <laughs> but no, and, and okay, so fair point. But my question was about time management and it is time management... Um, learning how to correctly uh, manage time is that a practice that just benefits me or is that a practice that can benefit uh, everyone listening yeah no I think time management is important you know having an idea having a, a, a schedule having mm -hmm. uh, you know tasks for the day of course you don't want to be so unrealistic and pack the schedule with so many things that you're setting yourself right. up for failure or at the very least give yourself permission to you know turn it off at a certain time or to give yourself permission not to get everything on the list done. 
but yeah, time management is important. Absolutely. And, and it's funny. And, and I appreciate you calling me out because you're absolutely right. That is definitely something I need to work on. And I think the reason I need to work on it is what I'm about to bring up, which is burnout. Um, burnout is one of the, in my opinion, most common and destructive things that can happen to people. We talked about it a little bit last week in quiet quitting. Um, what are, what are some signs that, that you know of that your, your stress is getting to the point that, that you're, you're about to, uh, achieve that, that burnout level. And once you achieve that burnout level, what, what are you, what's going to happen to you mentally? I know one of the hallmarks of burnout is feeling like you don't make a difference, that your efforts are fruitless and uh, kind of developing a sense of hopelessness and overwhelm uh, tasks that you are supposed to do. Um, and I would argue that the tasks and the work in and of itself is not the cause of the burnout. It's the lack of intentionality around the de-stress downtime. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, can, can you explain a little bit in detail what burnout means? Just assuming people don't have never heard the term before. I couldn't give you a clinical definition of burnout, uh, but it's it's a state of being where you develop maybe some apathy, uh, lack of engagement. You start to disconnect uh, from people at your work, people at home, um, begin to have feelings of uh, self-doubt, uh, self-criticism, feel like your role uh is unimportant that you're not you know you're not accomplishing anything anymore um it's kind of an all or nothing way of thinking um but it, it leads to decreased work satisfaction um increased ab absenteeism um it's a general sense of, of I don't know. Apathy really is what I think yeah. of when I think of burnout. So, and is this a, is burnout a form of depression or is it just the next step on its way to depression? That's a good question. I think it can be a sign of depression that perhaps there's an underlying depressive problem that's contributing to those feelings of burnout. But I think burnout in and of itself um, is its own entity that can lead to depression. It's not necessarily you don't necessarily have depression just because you're burned out and being depressed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become burnout. It's, it's like they're too right, independent. Right. They can co-mingle, but they're independent issues. Right. And so I, I just asked that because, uh, you know, um, the, the way you describe that is the, like in, in the military, we have a very high suicide rate and we do a lot of suicide uh, ideation and prevention um, awareness and stuff, classes and just all this stuff. Um, and I've had, I've had quite a few friends commit suicide, which, so I've actually become very kind of passionate about uh, the topic. And I know one of the um, hallmark of uh, kind of emotions, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, 
uh, of people that are legitimately suicidal is that they just don't matter anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you were describing in burnout, which led me to think about, you know, okay, so, so if that's where you can go from burnout, then is burnout your next step towards depression, which is your next step towards suicide, which, you know, leading you down this gigantic catastrophizing rabbit hole, basically. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, left unchecked, I, you know, you can continue to spiral down. Right. And so, so what, how do you deal with burnout once you've hit that level? Cause burnout is ultimately the the worst case scenario where you've let the stress of your work just get you to the point to where it's just like i quit basically um and and so so once you hit that point is there is there coming back from it yeah or is it yeah there's definitely coming back from it um i'll give a little personal story so in 2019 uh i hit that maybe a combination of midlife crisis and burnout where, you know, work was such a burden to me. And, uh, you know, my level of disconnect was so, so high, you know, I'd go to work, I was just kind of showing up and going through the motions, but, you know, I kind of felt like a human robot like devoid mm-hmm. of emotion, I became more and more flat and more and more negative in my thinking, which uh, led to feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. and deepening depression. Um, so, you know, I could have stopped the spiral earlier on when I started recognizing uh, some of the signs, you know, um, and how, do, how do you combat it? Well, sometimes you need counseling, sometimes you need medication. Um, and most of the time you need to have some positive experiences that offset that sense of dread and monotony and, you know, burden of work, if you would. So, mm-hmm. um, I felt like all I did was work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, be stressed out, sleep, get up, barely make it. It was just this vicious pattern where I had nothing to look forward to. I didn't build anything in my life to look forward to, you mm-hmm. know, I was just trying to get by and get through it and get through the workday so I can get to a day off. Why it was so important to get to my day off. I don't know because I didn't do anything restorative for myself at that time. Um, but there weren't enough positives to outweigh the stress of work and, you know, the expectations I put on myself to always be doing and achieving and accomplishing, uh, you know, wore me out. Right. That, that's insane. And so, um, what, what, if you don't mind me asking, diving a little deeper into this story is what, what ultimately made you realize what was happening to you and what brought you, what, what exercise did you use to bring yourself out? So I was at the point where I was so clinically depressed that I actually had to seek treatment, uh, in a residential facility because I was that unsafe with myself. Um, and that dedicated time to not working and not having demands put on me gave me a lot of time to reflect and think and ask myself, what did I really value in life? Because I was just floating seemingly, you know, seemingly aimlessly. Uh, and I had to get honest with myself, what was valuable, what was important. And I kind of came up with the idea of freedom that I really just wanted freedom. 
And and I looked at that deeper. What did that mean for me? Freedom meant no debt, no guilt, more time. I was largely guilt-ridden and driven by the expectations of other people in my life. Um, I was so busy either working or doing something. I felt like I had no time for me. And then I had a student loan debt that was hanging over my head for you know 20 years that I felt like an indentured servant to because you know, how do you pay for your student loan and have a, you know, live at the same time. So I became very intentional about getting free. So no debt, no guilt, more time. I decided to be more aggressive paying down my student loan. Um, I decided it wasn't going to be driven by what other people thought anymore. And that I was going to actually temporarily change careers. So I went into telemedicine just to get out of the ER for a period of time and I moved to Florida. Now I'm not saying you have to move somewhere to, you know, find yourself or reinvent yourself. That's where my path led me. And I literally worked as minimum as I could. I spent a lot of time at the beach experiencing nature, a lot of time doing art and a lot of time really getting fine-tuned with what was important in life. And I, I did a values exercise and the top five values for me is authenticity, transparency, spirituality, family, and peace. So if my actions weren't bringing me closer to the, my values, then I changed my actions. That is, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that, because that is very vulnerable of you. And um, we got, I got a lot of value out of that. Um, and I think the most important thing to take away is even it doesn't matter who you are, man. It doesn't matter how much education you have. It doesn't matter what level of job you have. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. You are all, we are all susceptible to the exact same things, mm -hmm. right? You are the professional and you still had to seek help. And that, that like, I don't say that to be discouraging or denigrating or anything like that, that lifts me up. It's like, man, thank God I'm not the only one, <laughs> right? Like, so, I mean, because I feel so, everybody's like, oh, you're a soldier, you're tough. You know, it's like, well, yeah, but I'm still human. Like, things still hurt. I still bleed. Like, you know, it, it still sucks. <laughs> So, uh, you know, right. like the, the fact, like, thank you for, for literally breaking that stigma away of look, like if it can happen to a professional, if it can happen to a soldier, if it can happen to a police officer, a fireman, a doctor, uh, you know, a school teacher, it can happen to everybody. Mm -hmm. So don't be scared to go get the help you need just because you feel like oh well i'm a doctor i shouldn't you know if if i go get help everyone's going to look at me bad or I, it's going to hurt my practice because you know i'm supposed to be the one helping everyone with this no mm -hmm. actually like you're just a human that has a special set of skills your special set of skills do you absolutely no good right that's one of the things i've learned it's so easy to give people advice and tell them what they should do it is much, much harder to give myself that same advice and do exactly what I tell other people to do. For some reason, that's just hard. And that may just be for me. Or it may be, that may be the case for everybody. But that's definitely how it is for me. 
So, I mean, just thank you so much for, for being vulnerable in explaining that uh, the way you did. Um, most valuable piece of information I've ever put on my podcast right there, hands down. I'd like to add one thing too. I came to the realization that my wellness was my responsibility and mine only. And the reason I say that is because I I was in a relationship where I I did everything. You know, I worked a lot and gave a lot because my mindset was, well, if that person can see how hard I'm working, surely they will step up to help. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. They didn't step up to help because I was doing everything, right? And so right. my expectation was, well, if they see how hard I'm working, I'm going to get some help from them. And I came to the realization that the only person who can make a change here is me. Like, I don't have to be super person. I don't have to do everything. And it's okay not to do everything. I gave right. myself permission not to feel guilty. Back to guilt. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Dr. Christie. Thank you so much um, for, for sharing that. And, and that, and like I said, people like, you know, her program is solely based in, uh, uh, well, I just want to throw this out there. If we get cut off randomly, it's because there is a lightning storm um, coming my way. I can see it and it's pretty awesome. Anyway, um, these are the squirrels I'm talking about because I really <laughs> want to get up and go look at the clouds. Um, but, uh, you know, th this is why I think you're so powerful as, as a, as a doctor, um, especially in the world of therapy, because you've experienced all the things that you're trying to help people with and you know what worked for you. And if it worked for you, it'll work for other people. Maybe not everybody. You know, she may not be the, the right answer for, for, you know, Joe, but she might be the right, right answer for John and Amy. So, I mean, you know, it's not a one size fit all. Unfortunately, that's not how it works, but your passion and your heart and your soul went into creating this program that you have to help people with anxiety. And we talked about a testimonial last week at the end of the show where you had a client that had just years and years of crippling anxiety and, and just couldn't function on a daily life. And then just after three sessions with you, um, felt so well that he went to Disney and didn't have a panic attack while he was there. And mm -hmm. that I think is a soul testament to just the level of care and professionalism that you've put into building your program. And I think it's absolutely amazing. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up, Dr. Christie. And I'd love for you to share just how people can find you um, and, and learn more about your program and learn more about you and learn how to get in contact with you if they need help from you. Sure. Thank you so much. So my website is uh, doggonedepression.com. You can uh, visit my website. My contact information is on there. Uh, if you want, you can download for free top five tips to feeling better. And I uh, look forward to hearing from you. You can always email me. My email is Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at doggonedepression.com.
That is amazing. And of course, I will have all the links um, to Dr. Christie, all her socials, all her websites, all her, everything she has, her email address, um, you will find in the show notes and in the descriptions on all my socials, um, any on my website, any place that this podcast shows up, you are going to find um, links to Dr. Christie and her amazing, amazing work. Um, but you know that this is wrapping up this episode guys but don't worry we have one more week with dr christie where she's coming back to talk to us even more about dealing with uh the workplace and then now we're going to kind of combine the two stress and anxiety in the workplace and we're really gonna um for especially for you leaders uh we next week we want to give you tips on um just how to identify uh, these things in your employees, basically what we've been talking about for the past two weeks, um, how to identify those in your employees, how to put uh, safety protocols, if you would, in place to help uh, manage it, and then ultimately what to do when you realize that your employee needs professional help. So um, as always, Dr. Christie, you get the final word. So give us one more piece of wisdom before we go for the week. I want to say that you are enough just being you i love it you're enough never forget that it's not about what other people think of you i absolutely love that and i believe that 100 thank you so much dr christy um it's been an absolute pleasure i can't wait to talk to you again next week and um everybody thank you so much for listening and joining us and don't forget lead like a champion see you next week guys bye thank you bye-bye everybody thank you so much for listening to the renowned leadership podcast we hope you gained some really valuable insights from our conversations with top industry leaders and experts and don't forget to head over to renownedleadership.com to download our free checklist that is specifically designed to help military veterans uh, transition from the military to their new corporate jobs you can find it at renownedleadership.com we're also so excited to announce our partnership with the career winner circle a top executive coaching company with incredible resources for their clients and top-notch coaches you can learn more about them at careerwinnerscircle.com and if you're interested in taking your leadership skills to the next level don't forget to schedule your complimentary coaching consultation with me at renownedleadership.com. And I really hope you guys got a lot of, a lot out of today's podcast with Dr. Christie. I hope you enjoyed listening to her wisdom and all the things she has to share with us about anxiety. Next week, next we're going to be talking about stress and uh, the effect it has on us on our workplace and on our personal lives. We're going to be talking about ways to mitigate stress uh, especially in the workplace as leaders. And so I hope you guys tune in next week. Don't forget to go check out Dr. Christie at doggonedepression.com. Again, that's doggonedepression.com. Go check her out. She has an amazing program um, that's getting people results uh, in months rather than years of, of the traditional therapy. So if you know somebody or you yourself are in need of getting some help with anxiety and stress and depression, 
uh, highly recommend dr christy go check her out again doggonedepression.com of course all her links are going to be in the bio uh, in the bio or the um, not the bio the podcast uh show notes there we go that's the word i was looking for it's going to be in the show notes and um so make sure you hop down into the show notes check out uh, all her socials give her some love and while you're at it hop over to renownedleadership.com i'm on youtube at renowned leadership instagram at renowned leadership facebook at renowned leadership so you can find me on all of them especially linkedin at renowned leadership or stephen j morris and uh, make sure you go follow me give me some likes and give me some love as well i appreciate everybody's support love you guys and remember lead like a champion